In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. The Lord says, Seek first the kingdom of God and his justice, and all these things shall be added unto you. Even if you are not very familiar with the Bible, still less able to commit verses to heart, to memory, or be able to cite their location by memory, I hope at least you know, or after today, do not forget that the words we hear today come from the Sermon on the Mount. No Catholic should ever have done with reading over and meditating upon this greatest sermon in the history of the world, found in St. Matthew chapters 5 through 7. So rich is this sermon that the Church does not see fit to have it read in its entirety on one Sunday. It is scattered throughout the Sundays of the year and throughout the days of Lent. Pagans, even, even enemies of our religion, throughout the ages have never ceased to marvel at the words of Jesus Christ found in this sermon, such that in our talk times, even, many of those outside the fold have proclaimed that these words alone might be enough to lead one to become a Christian. And certainly, this is very true of the words we hear today toward the close of that Sermon on the Mount. No man can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will sustain the one and despise the other. You cannot love God and mammon. This mysterious word mammon is found in all the ancient and venerable versions of the Bible. Our fathers in the faith saw fit not to translate it from the original, but simply to take it, this strange Aramaic word, and keep it in all translations. Nevertheless, they explain it to us. The word mammon means riches or money. Our Lord highlights it today as that very particular human sin. The angels are not capable of being servants of mammon. That is, they are not capable of the sin of greed. Angels sin by pride and envy, or at least they did. For now those are all confirmed in hell, while the others are confirmed in grace and glory forever. Animals do not sin at all, but we commit beastly sins by imitating the animals, that is, by letting our lower passions rule instead of our reason. And so we fall into anger, gluttony, and lust. Man alone is capable of this very human sin of greed, allowing our lives to be governed not just by the passions, but by things outside of our soul. That is, the things of this world, 
the things that quickly pass away, and basing our lives on the acquisition of such fleeting goods. And our Lord explains to us today that there is an infallible sign that we are serving this terrible master instead of God. He does not highlight today the fact that we might be rich, abounding in possessions, stealing from others, coveting our neighbor's goods, any of these things. No, our Lord simply mentions today the fact that if we are servants of mammon, we are full of worries. This is why he follows what he says and continues saying, Therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you shall eat, nor your body, what you shall wear. Is not the life more than meat and body, more than raiment? Behold the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap, nor gather into barns, and your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of much more value than they? And which of you, by taking thought, can add to his stature one cubit? Yes, being worried is a sure sign that we have not placed all of our trust in our true master, our Lord Jesus Christ. I never get tired of citing our dear Mary Kruger, Mary Krieger, sorry, failing in the Wisconsin pronunciation, Mary Krieger, God rest her soul, who would say often that worrying is like paying interest on a loan you never took out. This is precisely what worrying is. And this is precisely what our dog tells us we must avoid. For if we do so, we are surely servants of mammon and not of God. I mentioned at the beginning of the sermon that Pagans and many outside of, our, of the fold have praised the Sermon on the Mount. I can think of one exception to this. It was a great enemy of our religion in the 20th century, an atheist writer, who took issue with the Sermon on the Mount and said that he did not find it pleasing at all. But he took issue especially with the passage we are considering today. He thought it monstrous that Christianity should tell people not to worry. In other words, he concluded that Christianity preaches to the world universal apathy. This leads us to an important point, for it is at this point that the devil swoops in with his cheap alternative to the teachings of our Lord and presents to us Instead, divine confidence, instead of holy abandonment to the divine will, the deadly sin of sloth. Our Lord tells us not to worry. The devil tells us not to care. Indeed, do not worry, he whispers in our ear. Care about nothing, 
for life is meaningless. It is a tale told by an idiot, signifying nothing. Be done with it. It will be over soon. Make the most of it, for it has no meaning and no consequences. Two thousand years of Christian civilization and all the monuments it has left should make it clear that this is not the message of the gospel. Our Lord does not tell us to stop caring. He does not tell us have no care. Do not even think about such things. Do not have such things. No, he tells us your heavenly Father knows that you have need of all these things. He does not deny the need for material things. We live in this world and must make use of the things of this world. But we must not set our hearts upon them. We must keep them always at arm's length, the arm of the cross, as it were, remembering that our Lord has died, not so that we may be happy in this world, but may keep ourselves removed from the things of this world to prepare for the next. Someone might object at this point, surely there is one thing that Christians should be worried about. Sin. We know that there is only one true tragedy in life, and that is leaving this life in the state of mortal sin. The apostle tells us we must work out our salvation in fear and trembling. Surely then we should be very much worried about sin. No. If worrying is paying interest on a loan you never took out, then worrying is not what we should be doing in regard to sin. It is another deception from the devil to suppose that we are in debt to the master of evil. We might well say that we are in debt to our Lord for all that he has done for us. But our good God will not allow us to speak in this way. No, so good is he that, as St. Augustine says, he has made himself our debtor. Not because he has received anything, but because he has promised us everything. Yes, God has placed himself in our debt. This is the master we serve if we choose to stop serving mammon. On this Sunday, we commemorate the Feast of the Seven Sorrows of Our Lady. It is important to point out then, in connection with today's Gospel, that we venerate her under this title, Our Lady of Sorrows, not Our Lady of Worries. Our Lady was sorrowful in this world, but she was not full of worries. Never was she at any time a servant of the things of this world, never a servant of mammon, only a servant of our Lord. And yet with service in the Lord comes unspeakable sorrow. For the more we love God, the more we suffer. The more we love anything, the more we suffer 
the separation from that thing. Here in life, then, if we serve God alone, if we seek only the kingdom of God and his justice, trusting that he will provide all the rest, then we suffer an unspeakable sorrow because we cannot yet possess fully the one thing that can fill our hearts, God face to face. Our Lady's sorrow increased. She never recovered from the wound she incurred on Calvary. For when our Lord was already dead and could suffer no more in the flesh, the lance of the soldier piercing his heart was felt only by his Holy Mother keeping her station by the cross. No, she never recovered from this wound of love. It only grew throughout the rest of her days on earth until at the close of her life she died a death of holy love, wishing, in the words of the Apostle, simply to be dissolved and to be with Christ. This is why Our Lady knows better than anyone else what we mean when we sing to her of mourning and weeping in this valley of tears. These words are taken from the psalm which forms the introit of today's Mass, where we are invited with the intercession of Our Lady of Sorrows to pray to God in this manner. Eternal Father, Look upon the face of thy Christ, the face of one in bitter torment for the salvation of all those here below. Oh, how lovely are thy tabernacles, where Our Lady of Sorrows reigns now as Queen. Truly one day in these heavenly courts is better than a thousand here below. I would rather have the lowest place in those courts above, then spend one moment dwelling in the tents of sinners. Soon we shall finish our passage through this valley of tears, what St. Teresa calls this one short night in a bad wayside inn. And the sorrows of this life will be over. What reason then to worry? If we are in the state of grace, We have no cause to worry. All the things of this life, all of the sufferings that we may incur, work only unto the good for those who love God. Seek ye therefore first the kingdom of God and his justice, and all these things shall be added unto you. Amen.